speaking of prayer and ministry, we are continuing our uh, series on Got Questions. This is, I'll tell you, you guys got me working overtime. Uh, this has been more work than I anticipated. Uh, not in a bad way, really good way. I, I have been reading uh, pretty much, I, I don't know, a lot of hours every week. Uh, but it's been really fun for me. I'm, I'm, I'm rereading a lot of old stuff that I read years ago that's been really uh, encouraging and refreshing. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. If it's not, uh, it's, it's been fun for me. So there you go. Um, this morning, we have another great question. We're shifting. We, we, we've been talking about uh, suffering a little bit and about the nature of God and how God works in our lives the last few weeks. The next couple of weeks are going to focus more specifically on the, the area of healing. Uh, and today's question is this. I had some friends pray for me because I was sick which is what we say you should do, right? That's what you should do. If you don't feel good, call the elders of church, have them lay hands and pray for you. Uh, but I wasn't healed. Afterward, someone told me if I'd had more faith, I would have been healed. Is that true? I thought I had faith. I believe Jesus can heal. Um, fairly, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I think that's a fairly common situation. My experience, I've experienced that in my life, and I have... Uh, talk to other people. And to be honest, uh, I have ministered to people who were wounded by that happening to them. Um, So we're going to try to answer that question today. This really, if I can, uh, you know, most of our questions, I I think the, the questions arise from the reality that there is a diversity of understanding of what Scripture teaches. And this question is, is also uh, due to that, that there are, there are different understandings, different interpretations of what the Bible says about healing. And so consequently, different people in the church are taught different things. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a lot of beliefs that cause uh, conflict and confusion. And some people are saying one thing and some saying another. This really relates not just to healing, but really to in, in a larger sense, all of the gifts of the Spirit, or most of the gifts of the Spirit, and the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit. So what, what I'd like to do this morning, we've got a little bit of time, I, I want to really quickly outline the different positions on healing. I think it's important to acknowledge that there are different positions, that different people come to different conclusions of what Scripture says. Uh, so I want to look at those really quickly. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on, on them, but I'll, but I'll outline them for you and look at some examples. And then I'll try to, to talk about the vineyard position and, and how we approach healing, what we believe, and then, and then really answer the question specifically in regards to faith for healing and how that works. But would you guys just pray with me one more time? I, uh, I'll say this. I... I really, uh, you guys know, I, you know, spiritual warfare is a reality. So I've had an interesting week. I, I, getting ready to talk about healing, I actually received a healing earlier in the week, which I'll tell you about in a little while, which was very encouraging. <coughs> and then I woke up in the middle of the night last night, felt like someone was poking a thousand needles into my throat. My head felt like I just I've got a horrible cold. I walked in this morning, the worship team goes, whoa, nice voice. Uh, it's, I've drank about nine cups of coffee, so it's cleared out a little bit. Uh, but I woke up sick today, and I don't ever, I don't get sick. So it's just, there's a lot of warfare attached to these things. It's an emotional issue, healing, I think, and we'll talk about that too. Pray with me. Lord, uh, we just come before you this morning and ask that uh, your kingdom would come and your will be done. 
that you would open our hearts to receive your word and open your word that we would have understanding as to uh, what your heart really is and what you say about uh, who we are in you and, and what we mean to you and how that works out in our day-to-day lives and especially in the area of healing. So just bless this time in your name. Amen. Okay, so as is often the case, uh, and, I, and I find uh, more so the case in regard to the supernatural and anything that uh, really has that sort of sense of God's presence on it, there is a wide spectrum of beliefs across the board within uh, what I would call Orthodox Christianity, uh, which means Christians that aren't just on the lunatic fringe out there somewhere. Within Orthodox Christianity, there is a wide spectrum of beliefs in regard to healing on one end of the spectrum, the, 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 so let's say the, this end over here, probably, actually it's probably the right end, this end over here, it's not the left. Uh, my right, your left, I don't know. Uh, there is the belief that uh, healing does not happen today, that the gifts of the Spirit are no longer active, that those things were in place only during the life of Jesus and the apostles, that the purpose of, of healing and miracles and the gifts of the Spirit was to establish Jesus' Messiahship on earth, and that once that was accomplished, that those things are no longer uh, needed. And so here's a, a sampling of, there, there, and again, this is a position held by a number of our teachers and authors that teach us. This is uh, probably one of the primary spokespeople for that position. Uh, let me begin by saying this. The temporary sign gifts, healing miracles, languages, and the interpretation of languages do not exist today. So, I'm not saying he couldn't heal, but the gift of healing, which Jesus demonstrated, was unique to him, the 70, the apostles, and even diminishes with the apostles. As I commented on this morning, Paul met Trophimus when he was sick and left him sick. So even in Paul's case, the power to heal had diminished as his ministry went on. Mark this. This is very important to notice. There is no healing ministry that Jesus can do now that can prove that he is the Messiah. Because there is no way that even if he does heal somebody, that it is necessary to connect that with him. He's not here. You can say to someone, you know, I had cancer and I prayed and I don't have it anymore. That's your belief. But that doesn't say anything to the public at large. That doesn't say anything to the people about the power of Jesus Christ because there is no natural connection between what happened to you and Jesus. He's not there. He isn't speaking. He's not touching and he's not visible. Jesus was making that necessary link that was really not arguable, that he was the Messiah is the link. Today, somebody says they were healed. Somebody might say, well, that's your your view is that God did it. My view is you were lucky. That is not, however, a major emphasis in Scripture. In fact, if you go through the New Testament and try to find a verse that says, pray for people to be healed, you won't find one. It's not explicitly part of what we do as believers. And so there's a portion of the church today that would hold that viewpoint. Um, I want to comment briefly and just say this in regard to Vineyard's position as opposed to that position, that my belief, our conviction, is that the purpose of healing and the gifts of the Spirit was not the establishment of Jesus' Messiahship, but is in fact compassion. And Matthew 9 says, Jesus saw the crowds. He looked out over the crowd of people. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion on him. And I believe that the purpose that God heals is directly connected to the nature of God, that God is love, 
And one of the ways that he exhibits his love is to bring healing to us. So I would disagree at the core of the foundation with that, of that other position. The advancement of the kingdom of God and the compassion of God are the reasons that Jesus heals. Um, I'm going to take a break here for a moment. I, gotta, I want you to understand this is hard for me to share this bit here because I basically do exactly what I tell all of you not to do. That's my confession. And I believe God can heal virtually anybody of anything except me. Okay? Uh, I will very often, in my own mind, go through mental gymnastics like, well, people have such worse things going on in their lives that they need healing more than me, so why would God bother with me when he could be, I would much rather he heal this person than me. So Monday night we were at uh, home group at Shane and Sarah's. It was a good night, and worship was wonderful. And at the end of worship, there was a sense of God's presence. I think everybody sort of sensed it. It was just kind of there. It was, it was, it was nice. And uh, Sarah said she felt oil on her hands and thought it was, it was the oil of gladness, and she could pray for people just to receive joy, which is something that all of us need more of. And so virtually everybody in the group got up and went and got prayer, including me. So uh, what I have to tell you guys, some of you know this, that are around me a lot, um, others don't, but I have bad knees, my, I've had surgery on both of them, tore them up when I was a kid playing football, and uh, I need to have surgery on them again, uh, they hurt all the time, but I just, it's one of those things, you know what I mean? People go, well, why don't you go to the doctor? Well, because I don't want to go to the doctor, because I just, I'm stupid, I'd rather just live with pain. Uh, it's just that. I just go, I, I don't have time. I'll just deal with it. I'll just walk around the way it is. So I did not ask for prayer for healing for my knees. I don't ever ask for prayer for healing for my knees. I, I don't think I ever have that I can remember, at least not in 25 or 30 years. Um, they've always been bad, by the way, just since high school. Uh, so Monday night, prayer was, I didn't feel any specific sense of joy, but it was, it was a nice time. It was a great time. The Lord went home. Uh, watched a little TV, went to bed. I woke up middle of the night sometime, 2 or 3 in the morning, and I had, had a, I had a dream that my knee had been healed at home group. In the dream, I, it was very quick. I just saw the people at the group. We were in Shane and Sarah's living room, and we were talking about my knee had been healed. And I, wow, that's weird, and I fell back asleep. And then I, I woke up in the morning, and I forgot about the dream. I didn't remember. You know how you, that is. You don't remember you had a dream. So I got up and had coffee and, and got ready to go to work. I go pick up the food at Whole Foods on Tuesday morning, and I go to get in my car, and normally when I bend my knee to get in the door of the car, it always hurts. That's because flexibility is one of the things that, that hurts. And I got in the car, and it didn't hurt. I thought, oh, that's really weird. My knee didn't hurt when I got in the car. And then I thought, oh, that's really weird. I remember the dream. I had a dream that my knee got healed. I go, no, that's really weird. That's weird. So I'm going, that's weird. So all day, Tuesday, I'm walking around going, it should hurt more, but it doesn't really. That's really weird. That's all I kept thinking. So I, I didn't want to say anything to anybody. I was really afraid to say anything because partially, the biggest thing is I don't want to say anything if it's not real, if God didn't really heal it. I don't want to say that. So I just, but I, I got home and I, I had to tell Donna, I go, honey, I, you're not going to believe this. I had a dream, and then I think, and then I, 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 my knee feels better. I don't know. It's weird. So she goes, she goes, you got to tell Shane. 
I go, no, I'm not going to tell Shane. He'll, he'll post it on Facebook. He'll blog it. It'll be, out. It'll be out there, you know? She goes, no, you have to tell Shane. So I, I go, okay, so I call Shane, and I told him, and he's, you know, oh, my God, that's amazing. So all day t- Wednesday, uh, I'm going, this is weird. You know, this is weird. Thursday, I wheel carts in and out, and I'm on my feet all day. And at the end of the day, Thursday, my knee always hurt. And I got home Thursday night, and I go, you know, my knee does really not hurt today. Uh, so I'm just sharing that to say this, that I don't believe there's any reason behind that except the compassion of God, just the mercy of God, just God saying, you know what, I love you too. Uh, my, Friday and Saturday, my knee has been a little sore, but it actually feels different than it normally feels when it hurts. So that's weird to me. Um, I'm not proclaiming I've been healed. Others are. Uh, but I do believe God wants to heal and does heal and loves us, and that's why he heals. So my point is simply to say this. Our perspective on healing is that it's, it's not the establishment of Jesus' Messiahship, and it didn't end at the apostolic age, that it's, in fact, God's love and pa- compassion for his people and the advancement of his kingdom, and that he continues to do that today. On the far other end of the spectrum are those that would maintain that uh, any use of medical means, taking medicine, going to the doctor, having surgery, anything like that, is an indication of a lack of faith uh, and biblically disobedient. Uh, And we are all familiar with that because there's a church here in our neighborhood that practices that and has been in the news because of some tragic things that have happened in the life of their church, primarily the death of a couple children uh, that had ailments that were easily treatable, that were not treated, and uh, died, and their parents were then convicted uh, of that. So let me, let me say this. First of all, there's nothing in Scripture to indicate that the use of medicine is in any way disobedient or a lack of faith. There's nothing that says that. In fact, I would say this to you to counter that. Uh, Luke, who if you read the Gospel of Luke, um, he documents dozens and dozens of healings. Luke, I don't know this for fact, but I'm going to just go on a limb and say maybe more than any of the other Gospels. Certainly more if you combine it with the book of Acts, which he also wrote. Well, a uh, little you know, side note, Luke's a doctor. And I, th- I think, in my mind, Luke was as amazed that God was doing this as anybody else. Uh, and as a doctor, his point was to document and say these things are going on. There's absolutely nothing. There's no passage anywhere in Scripture that indicates that we should not receive medical treatment. Uh, it just doesn't. I, I would say that that is a, that's a very limited position. There's not a lot of people out there that practice that, but they are out there. I just think we, we need to say that that's not our position in any way, shape, or form. Now, the third position is this, and this one is similar to that. Uh, but not exactly the same, and it's one that is much wider spread. And that is the perspective um, that we can claim healing, we can uh, proclaim that we are healed even when uh, there's no indication that we are. And that's a popular teaching that originated with what's come to be known as the faith movement or the word of faith. Um, and it's it's out of that sort of milieu that you hear things like name it and claim it, and where you can, it's usually prosperity and healing go together, and you can name your blessing, what you want God to give you, and then 
God will give it to you, and then you claim your healing and take your healing. Also within that would be the idea that we receive healing. That's how we get it. We just receive it. God's already done it, and we don't receive sickness. And I've been told that. I've had, I had a cold, and somebody, well, you don't have to receive that. I says, well, okay, I don't, but I still feel sick. Um, let me say this. I, I, I really, this, is a, this, this particular teaching is at the, the basis of our question today. That's where that comes from, that you didn't have faith to be healed. Because the, the belief is not that you can be healed, but that you will be healed. And if you're not healed, then it must simply be that you don't have enough faith. That's the only answer to that question. Um, and, and again, I, I feel as though... It is a misinterpretation, an overstatement of some things that has caused some damage that we, can, we say we're healed when we're in fact not. Um, and I want to interject here a little bit too. This is a hard thing to teach on. One of the reasons it's hard, this is an emotional issue. It's an emotional issue. It's, it's a controversial issue. It's a sensitive issue. And the reason is it hits close to home. Okay? Nothing is closer to home than sickness. When you're sick, think about it. You can't think about anything else except getting well. There's only one thing I can think of worse than being sick, and that is when somebody I love is sick. It's hard. And so when we talk about healing and sickness in the context of our faith and Christianity and the kingdom of God, I believe it's one of those areas where there's the greatest potential for warfare. There's the greatest potential for the enemy to come against it. I think it's the, it's the heart of God, and it's the heart of the enemy to see that not happen. And I think it's an emotional, emotional issue for people. Further muddying the waters, so to speak, would be uh, that, and, and, and it's just, to me, it's just, it's all part of the warfare package, that there are, a, there are excesses and abuses of all of these different positions uh, that happen all the time. And so when those things happen, people point to those, right? How many of you guys were around, remember in the 80s and 90s, a guy named Peter Popoff? Anybody remember Popoff? A couple of you. He was a shyster, he was a sham artist who proclaimed healing, uh, but he had a little headpiece, and people were telling him things. He'd have words of knowledge about somebody, but he didn't know them. They were reading him off a card and telling him, and he took millions of dollars from people, ended up in prison, got out, and did it again. Um, stuff like that's terrible. just makes the whole thing worse. You know, and if somebody's legitimately praying for healing, well, how, they're just like him. No, they're not. Um, there are other abuses. Early vineyard pastor, one of the kind of founding vineyard pastors, at the very beginning was a guy named Brent Rue. Uh, wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, Brent was, you know, just one of those Jesus people. Just, just he was just like Jesus. He just loved everybody. He's just so, so compassionate, loving, and Christ-like, and so simple in his faith. Really, very beloved man. Pastor the Vineyard in Lancaster, California, and um, Brent developed cancer. He contracted cancer, and had, you know, because he was so beloved, had everybody and their mother pray for him. I mean, he had a lot of prayer. And during that time, as people were praying for Brent, he had a prophetic person come to him and say, uh, you will surely live, you will not die, this is not unto death, la, 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 thus saith the Lord. Um, and he died. And so after he died, his wonderful wife had an opportunity to sit down with that prophetic person and talk to them, and she said, I don't understand. She was just brokenhearted. I don't, I don't understand what happened. And he said, well, there just must not have been enough faith. That was his response. So now she feels guilty. What, maybe I could have had more faith. Maybe it was my fault. What happened? Um, so again, when there are abuses of things and there are overstatements and excesses, I think it muddies the water and makes the thing uh, all the more difficult to, to really 
hone in on. Sometimes people are just doing that intentionally. Uh, sometimes they're just people that are well-meaning and good-hearted people that get caught up in something and uh, get emotional in their own heart. And that's one of the things we talk about being naturally supernatural. There's a reason for that. We try to take some of the emotion out of the picture. I think that emotion in this situation is not always helpful. I was at a healing conference in Anaheim years ago. Any of you who have listened to John on tape or been to anything that he's done, you know that the approach is very low-key. There's no, there's no hype. There's, there's no extra working stuff up and energy. It's very low-key. I was, uh, it was towards the end of the session during ministry, and I was walking across the room, and this guy walks up to a man in a wheelchair. He wasn't praying for him. He literally walked up to him, says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and yanks the guy out of the wheelchair. And the guy crumbles in a heap on the floor. Uh, that was one of those moments that stretched my faith. A couple of my friends were there, and they helped the man up. I ministered to the gentleman who prayed for him. I actually pinned him against the wall. Uh, but that wasn't the right answer, but I did. So don't ever do that again. Uh, I, I don't think he was a mean guy or an evil guy. I just think he got caught up in something. He was, he was emotional in a moment he shouldn't have been. So all I'm saying again is this ministry is controversial. I understand that. It's challenging. It's emotional. It's hard. We all want to see people get well. Uh, so here's where we're at. This is where Vineyard's at in the deal. It's our position that um, the overwhelming perspective of Scripture, and especially the New Testament, is that uh, Jesus does want to heal us, that it's his will that people would be well, that he wants to heal the whole person, not just our physical beings, but he wants to bring restoration to every aspect of our lives, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally. Uh, It's God's will for his people to be, as he created them to be, whole and in relationship with him and in relationship with one another that's not divided by sin, sickness, or other things uh, that are not of his will and plan in this world today. And I want to say this here, that is based solely on our understanding of what Scripture teaches. Okay? It's based solely on our understanding and our belief of what Scripture teaches. This, to me, is important. When John first began to speak on healing, he taught on healing for a year, every week. Every week. Sunday morning and Sunday night for a year. And every week he said, we're going to pray for people today. And every week we prayed for people. And every week no one got better. And John was reading the Scripture, he was teaching the Scripture, and it wasn't happening. And he came to a point, it was really a watershed moment, I believe, in the history of the Vineyard Movement, but it was in John's heart first, where he was really ready to throw in the towel. He just said, I quit. I'm done. I don't ever want to pray. He said, I heard him say, I don't ever want to pray for another sick person. God spoke to him and said, teach my word, not your experience. And I really believe that the heart of God, the New Testament, especially, but the Bible teaches that God wants to heal us today. Um, I would say, parenthetically, I, 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 with all my heart, I, I, I'm not out to make enemies or challenge anybody. I believe that that cessationalist viewpoint that says that God doesn't heal today, that the gifts have passed, is based on experience, not the Bible. I, I, 
I believe that the experience there is that we're not seeing it happen, so it must not be real. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can read the Bible and come away with that position. I've studied it. I've read, I've read a lot. I've been doing this for 40 years. I don't know how any thorough examination of Scripture could leave you with that conclusion. I just don't see it. Um, so again, then your position is that God does heal and that he not only heals, but he invites us into the process. Okay, God could just sovereignly heal, and sometimes he does, i.e. my knee. Bless you. But by and large, he has invited us into the process. The reason is that God is a relational God. He wants relationship with his people. So he uses us as conduits, as, as channels of his presence and his power to minister to one another. So in that regard, the whole idea that the title of a faith healer is really a misnomer. It's, it's not accurate because we don't heal anybody. Jesus heals. All we do is pray and ask him to heal. So when somebody calls somebody a faith healer, I go, well, that's interesting. I don't really think they are. I know what they mean. I'm not going to argue the point with them. But John would never use that perspective or that title. We would never use that because we don't believe anybody heals anybody except Jesus. All we do is work with him in the process. He has said, I invite you, my people, my children, into this process. I have blessing. Uh, I want you to be blessed to be a blessing. I want you to be the ones that extend my kingdom, my will, my purpose, my love, my compassion, my mercy, my grace, my forgiveness to people in the world around you. I want you to be part of the process. And in that regard, healing is no different than anything else. You, we we work together. You can't get saved unless you have faith, and you can't have faith unless somebody shares, right? Doesn't Romans say that? It's, it's all part of God's kingdom community that we work together in this. I want to talk about the faith issue for a minute because I think that was the question, and it's important. Uh, John says this in Power Healing. Faith is the medium through which God releases his healing power. Most divine healing comes as a result of someone's faith, in God. James says it this way, same thing. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Faith is is essential. Faith is the essence and substance of relationship with God. And again, in that regard, no different than anything else. We can't get saved without faith. We can't be delivered. We can't be, uh, we can't be anything. Relationships can't be restored. Nothing happens in God without faith. We have to have faith for everything. Healing is no different than anything else in that regard. The question would be then, whose faith? And I think that's where uh, some of those in the faith movement, the Word of Faith movement, have, have missed it a little bit here. Um, the assumption in the Word of Faith movement is that those that are praying have faith, so that if they're praying for you and you don't get healed, it must be your lack of faith that has interrupt, excuse me, interrupted the process. Again, I don't see that as a biblical perspective. Um, faith is necessary. Absolutely have to have faith for healing to take place. I would, I would say this, first of all, in regard to those that have walked away feeling guilty, and if anyone has ever said that to you and you felt inadequate in any way, Jesus never, ever chastised anybody for their lack of faith that was sick. 
The only people he ever made those comments to were religious leaders, elders, people who were praying for the sick. He never said that to anybody who was sick. So if you've been sick and not been healed and felt like it was your lack of faith, I would just say to you, that's not the heart of God. So whose faith is required? I want to go fast, but look at a few scriptures. And I'm going to summarize these because we're running out of time. But in Matthew 8 is the story of the centurion's servant. centurion comes to Jesus, says his servant is sick. Um, Jesus says, I'll go and heal him. He goes, no, you don't have to go. Just say the word. Look, I understand how authority works because I have people under me and over me. I understand the chain of command. You just say the word. I know who you are. It'll happen. Jesus commends him for his faith. You have great faith and the servant was healed at that very moment. So again, in this case, it was the centurion's faith that brought healing to his servant. Uh, So he, he was a third party to the situation. Mark 2 is one of my favorite passages. Uh, It's the story of a gentleman who was uh, immobilized. His friends bring him to Jesus. There's a big crowd. They can't get to Jesus. He's on a pallet. I don't know what he's on. What do you call that thing? Gurney? I don't know. So they cut a hole in the roof and lower him through the roof. I love that. Just going in. Um, Jesus says he saw their faith. Now, I don't know if he's including the man on on the on the, tra- the gurney with the guys. I don't know if he had any faith or not. I'm assuming he didn't. Maybe he did. But his friends did. His friends had faith, and Jesus honored their faith and healed the man. So, so let me say this. He was healed because his friends had faith. He, he, he got healed because his friends had faith. That should mean a lot to you. Friends can have friends for fa- faith for friends. That's why we're here, guys. We can stand in the gap for one another. A- anybody ever been sick and not feel like you have a lot of faith right now? What happens when you get sick? You get tired. You get frustrated. You get weak. And your friends can have faith for you. That's what we do. We stand in the gap for one another. We lift one another up. We pray for each other. When I'm sick, you can have faith for me because I don't have much faith at that point. And when you're sick, I can have faith for you. That's how it works. That should be the most important thing we walk away with today. It can be the faith of our friends, the faith of a third party that brings healing and God's power and presence into our lives. I'll tell you a quick story. We're going to have to wrap up, but I've got to tell you this, my third party experience. So I was at a, I don't remember, was a Sunday night service or a conference at Anaheim. John was speaking on healing. And at the end of it, he did what he would often do, and he had some words of knowledge regarding healing for people. And then he released the prayers teams to pray for people. And so there was little pockets of people praying all over the room. It was really nice. And he said, one of the things he says, there's somebody here has a migraine headache or suffers from migraine headaches. And then a few minutes later, just by word of knowledge, he goes, that person with the migraine headaches has not come up yet. Um, he goes, you know, you've had migraine headaches. For, you've suffered with this for 17 years. And, and Jesus really wants to heal you. So then he went on. We prayed some more, and different things are happening. And after a few minutes, he goes, you know, I, he goes, the person with migraine headaches, you've suffered for 17 years. God really wants your headache, and your name is George. So then he goes on. He's praying some more. So I'm praying. I'm just part of the ministry team. I'm having a wonderful evening. And I walk over to this guy, and I go, hey, I'm Glenn. Can I pray for you? He goes, yeah, I'm George. I go, oh, crap. <laughs> 
uh, no pressure, right? Um, I didn't know it at the time, but I found out later, this is a gospel truth, George and his friend were part of another church that does not believe in healing and came that night to disprove everything that was going on at the vineyard. So my point is simply at that moment, I, I, George did not have faith. He was there to prove we were wrong. I did not have faith. I did not want to pray for George. I felt like the pressure's on. I, I, that was the last thing I wanted. So somebody had faith, and I believe this, and I think this is important, that there was people in the room that had faith for George. I believe that when John was giving those words, there were people in the seats saying, God, bring that person forward. I pray you touch them. They were interceding on his behalf, I believe spontaneously, and I believe that it was the faith environment in the room. And I think a faith environment in the room is important, and I bring that up just to say to you guys, keep that in mind for healing to happen. I prayed for George, and he got healed. And he came to our church. And the following year, and I don't have it anymore. I used to have it. I've lost it since then. It was a long time ago. The annual Christmas letter, you know, you send out ridiculous letter. George's wife wrote in the letter, well, we had an interesting year this year, and she talked about what they did. And she said, oh, and the migraine headaches that George has suffered for 17 years was, were healed when he visited the Vineyard Church. So I'm just saying that it can be anybody's faith that brings it. Sometimes it can be the person that's being prayed for, story of the woman with the issue of blood and she presses in and touches Jesus and her faith heals her. So in that case it was her faith. Acts 14 is very similar. Um, Paul looks at a guy and he says stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk and um, he saw that he had had faith for healing. So in that case it was also the man himself. So it can be a third party. It can be the person praying. It can also be the person uh, that is being that is doing the praying, being prayed for, doing the praying. Um, in John, I, this is an interesting story. The, the man at the pool, this guy did not have faith. I want you to, if you read the story through, he is, he is a victim. Anybody know what a victim mentality is? This guy has a victim mentality. Poor me. Woe is me. Uh, he's like Eeyore, you know. Oh, there's the water, and I can't get in again, and... I'll never get better because it's just too hard to get over there, and that's what's going to happen. He has no faith at all, and Jesus pulls him out of the crowd and says, you're healed. I, do I, I don't get it, but he did. I think it's interesting to note, too, that there were dozens and dozens of six people there that day. At other occasions, it says Jesus healed everyone, and that day he just healed that guy. Maybe that guy, God just singled him out. Of course, Peter and John at the gate, beautiful. Uh, this guy also, I don't believe, had faith to be healed, but... Uh, Peter and John did, and they prayed for him, and he was healed. And so my point there is simply that faith is required, absolutely essential, but who has the faith is a little bit shakier. It can be a friend of. It can be the person praying, the person receiving prayer. As long as there's a faith environment and there's, there's faith available, I believe a person can be healed. John says this. The answer is anyone who has faith in Jesus for miracles. Uh, and, and here, this is good. I, I added this part because I thought it was good for us. This has practical application when praying for the sick. Whenever I pray for the sick, I always look among those present for people who have faith, other members of the team, person being prayed for, relatives, even children who usually have great faith for healing, friends, and, of course, myself. When I recognize them, I instruct them to place their hand on or near the part of the body that needs healing, and I ask God to release healing power. So... Uh, again, it, it, faith is important, but 
who has the faith? Uh, as long as somebody has faith, I think God will move and, and respond to our prayers. A uh, couple things I, I told you recommending books. Power Healing, obviously, I've quoted from a couple times today. Uh, highly, highly recommend Power Healing. It's John's own story, his own pilgrimage, and, and it's, it's, it's uh, very good. Um, Francis McNutt, Healing. Anybody ever read this? It's from the 70s. Uh, it's still available. It looks different now. I saw online the other day. Mine was 350 uh, th- They're selling first editions for 50 bucks now as collector's items. McNutt was a former Catholic priest. His perspective is a little different. He comes from a Catholic perspective. So some of the language he uses is a little different. In my mind, that's the definitive work on healing, though. I, I think McNutt's, what he has to say is fantastic. So if you can sort through some of his Catholic language, I think you'll come away with some great insights in that. The last thing I want to say, next to the last thing I want to say, uh, Darlene mentioned ministry team tra- training. This is really, a, it's two weeks. We're going to do it on Thursday nights in that room, I believe. Uh, I would encourage everybody to be here for that. We'll get somebody to watch the kids if you need babysitter. Uh, to me, it's a refresher for those that have been through it in the past. might be new for some of you. The difference between Thursday night and Sunday morning is we'll have opportunity for dialogue and instruction. We'll have more time to pray and actually learn and grow together. So I would just encourage you guys, if you can make it, to be here those two weeks. I tried to do it in one night, and it's just too much information, so we'll do it in two. But I think it's going to be a, a really good time. I'm excited about it. Uh, it'll be old school vineyard where we uh, show and tell. We, we teach and pray, do, do it all. So let me just close with this. Vineyard perspective, uh, it, it is God's purpose and will and plan to heal us. Uh, it, he wants us to be well. When we're not well, it's not because God doesn't want us to be well. It's because there's other things happening. Uh, with that in mind, I would say that we don't in any way um, believe that medical treatment of any kind is a lack of faith. Uh, that you, we believe God uses people in the medical profession and that that's part of his healing process for us. Uh, so you don't need to not go to the doctor. And if you are going to the doctor and you get healed, don't stop taking your medicine. If you take medicine for it, go to your doctor and let your doctor tell you that you no longer need your medicine. Does that make sense? Um, I just think that is a much wiser approach. Um, and I don't think it's a lack of faith. You can challenge me on that. I'll, I'll disagree. I don't think it's a lack of faith. Um, we don't claim or proclaim healing when it doesn't happen. I, I think there are those that I, I've heard horror stories of people who have said, I'm healed, I'm healed, and their body is telling them, you're not healed, you're not healed. So if we're healed, we're healed, but if we're not, we're not. And to me, that's not a lack of faith. What that's called is being honest. And I want you to be honest. I want to be honest about it. I want to say, if, if I'm not healed, then we're going to keep praying. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep praying. But we don't say we're healed when we're not. We, we, we recognize that in the, the warfare environment that we're all living in and a part of, that sometimes people aren't going to get healed, and that's part of the process. So we want to press in. Amen. I'm, I know I'm going. She's so cute, though. Uh, So just, just to say that, if, if be honest about it. We don't proclaim or claim healing that's not happening. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's okay. That's the way we approach it. Uh, if someone is, and it's, and it, and like I said, it's no fault insurance. No fault. If you're not healed uh, for any reason, uh, there's nobody to blame for that. We don't, we don't, I don't know why, but, but the enemy is to blame. That's who's to blame. Uh, you're not to blame. You're, the person praying for you is not to blame. We don't point fingers. We don't say there's a lack of faith. No, you know what? 
we're at war, uh, and sometimes there's casualties. And we might, we win the war, we might lose a battle. So that's reality. That's the way it is. Um, sometimes healing is instantaneous. Sometimes it's progressive. So if you get healed, you have to have people pray for you and keep praying. And I'm, I'm smiling because I've had 27 people tell me, well, we've got to pray for your knee. I, mean, I, yeah, I know, you can. Okay, just give me a break. Um, so we just keep praying. We keep praying. Sometimes it takes time. Why? I don't know why. I just know it does. That's all I know. Uh, last thing, and I, I'm, I'm ending with this intentionally because I think this is a, a really important point. Um, every person we pray for should feel loved, whether they're healed or not. Every person we pray for should feel loved. The motivation, I believe, in the heart of God for healing is compassion, and that should be our motivation. And we should treat every person with dignity, respect, love, and compassion, and they should feel loved. Whether they're healed or not, they should walk away feeling loved and closer to Jesus because of it. Look, we cannot control who gets healed and who does not, but we can absolutely control how people feel when they leave, and they should feel loved, and I want that to be the case. I don't want anybody to ever walk away wounded or hurt from an experience uh, with our ministry team. So we pray together, we stand together, uh, we fight together, we rejoice together, we rejoice together, and we mourn together when things don't happen, and we walk through pain together. That's what we do. That's, that's how it works here. So let's stand. We're over and we got to go, so I'm going to just wrap up. Uh, if you want to, let's do it this way. Just ministry team, come on up. And if you would like prayer this morning, I'd invite you to come up for prayer. I know it'll be hard without the healing environment, uh, but we, we do need to close. So if you want prayer, come up and get prayer. But we'll go ahead and I'll, I'll close. And if you know, come up and these guys will pray for you and we'll dismiss. Here, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Do it. Hit it. Glory pad. Lord, thanks for today. Thanks for your goodness here and your grace, your healing presence and power. I pray that you would touch people's hearts today. In your name we pray. Amen.